Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the How Did You Learn to Do That podcast. Thank you so much for coming back week after week and supporting us in this journey. I hope that the stories that we've shared has proven valuable to you and has set you on your own journey to exploring and connecting with yourself deeper and on your journey to your purpose in life. And we would love if you could please support us by sharing, liking, and subscribing our podcast as well as our YouTube channel and all our social media accounts with your family, your friends, and your community. And today, we have a great guest for our younger audience. So those that are in their early 20s, um, that are just exploring, um, moving from high school to college, and, you know, just completing their bachelor's degree. So I'm so excited for you to hear the story of Vanita Prasad, and I can't wait to have her on. Hi, everyone. I'd like to welcome our guest for this week, Vinita Prasad. She's a 25-year-old that has been born and raised in Vancouver, and she currently lives there now. She is a student, currently a student studying counseling psychology um, in a counseling psychology program, and she works in social services. She's also the host of her own podcast called The Young Culture Podcast, which is a platform for young adults to share their ideas and opinions. She has a passion for well-being, traveling, learning about different cultures and worldviews, and most importantly, she um, has a passion for understanding how fear plays a role in our everyday lives, how we can become aware of this fear-based thinking, and replacing it with making choices confidently and bringing in joy into our lives. So thank you, Vanita, for joining me this week for this podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, and for those that uh, might be interested, um, Vanita and I connected on Instagram through our um, podcast, mutual podcast. So um, she's going to be on my podcast this week and I'll be on hers um, soon too. Yes. The, the one of the positives of social networking. <laughs> yeah, connect- for sure. Yeah. yeah it's been amazing to have this community and to connect with people like you since I've started this podcast. Yeah. I feel like I like, social media often gets a bad rap for things. But if you think about it, if we didn't have Instagram, like we would have never connected with each other and we would have known, would not known that we exist or anything like that. So yes. there are some positives of social media. Yes, sure. yes. Using it intentionally. Um, and po- it, there's lots of positives that come out of that. So I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so true. So, um, so Vanina has an interesting story of how her podcast has helped her with her purpose in life and her path forward. So I'm going to pass it over to you and ask you how you got started in this journey and what kind of led you to your podcast and to studying counseling psychology. Yeah. So, um, okay, I guess we have time. So I'll tell you the whole story. So I've always been a person who's been pretty quiet, who likes to, you know, just hide from the crowd, didn't want to speak up. And it was, I was just so scared. I was so scared that if I say something, someone's going to judge me or someone's going to think it's weird or say something stupid. And I kind of lived life like this. Like I was always a very highly anxious child that happened in like my teenage years and even in my early adult years, just always anxious and just always scared. And I just didn't want to speak up. So I work in social services and community services and Last year, I got this opportunity to go to a conference in New York. So it was actually to attend a UN conference. To, and it was like a big conference worldwide, learning about the rights of 
young girls and women and how they're affected socially. And it was a really cool experience. So before going to this conference, um, the company, sorry, the organization that um, sent us there, they asked us if we can present our work during this time. And in my head, I was just like, why do you want me to present? Like, what could I possibly do to add value to this? Like, I have nothing good to say or nothing impactful, but I was so scared to say no because they were so kind enough to take us that I was like, no, I can't say no. Like, I have to think of something. I have to say something and do it. So I said yes. So then that was that. And then I also, or they also asked me to do a blog post. And then again, I was like, why do they keep asking me to do this? Like, what am I supposed to say? And what am I supposed to do? Like, anything that I say and do is not going to be interesting. And like, they're not going to like it. And then they're going to be disappointed. And just going through this, like, unraveling of just all these like really limiting thoughts so then I got there and it was really amazing and what really stuck out for me were the younger people that were presenting and there were a lot of uh, youth that were there and these two youth that really stuck out to me it was um it was day two of the conference and I believe it was Girl Scouts of America and then it was a 15 year old and a 16 year old and they were talking about just like all the things that they're passionate about and why they are the way they are and how much inspiration they have from the community and from people like them and the people that help them out. And I was just like, I was in awe. And I was like, well, how are these young girls talking with such conviction and such passion? And like, they're not scared to share how they feel. And they're, they're in front of a group of people from like all over the world. And I don't know, something in that moment, it just like really hit me right here and really inspired me. And as soon as that happened, I had a notebook with me and as I was hearing their speech something just clicked inside and I opened my notebook and like my hands were on fire like I couldn't stop writing and I was just I was so inspired and what ended up happening that week was I did create a blog post and I actually really enjoyed writing the blog post and then at the end I did my presentation and yeah just like throwing yourself out there and putting yourself in this space where there's a lot of people there and there's a lot of like value in what you're doing it just really it really helped me and having that opportunity to share what I was passionate about and having people be receptive towards that it really just had lasting implications for me and I was I was on a high that week it was really great and so what ended up happening was once that week was done and on my way back home I I had a really like humbling moment and I was like my life would have been so different if someone didn't give me this chance to like have this opportunity to speak in front of other people and to feel good about it too so I really wanted to do something to pay it forward and so I was thinking about it and I was like I can't be the only one who has this issue of holding back because they're scared and they're worried about what other people think yeah. I feel like there are so many people out there who have really great ideas but they'll kind of just stop themselves from doing it so I thought not everyone's going to have that opportunity to go to New York and like attend this conference and do this speech. So why not create something a little bit more casual that I can bring back home and give other people the opportunity to share what they're passionate about in the hopes that they'll continue sharing and feel good about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing um, that, you know, sometimes you just, it, it's just moments, you know, that, 
come to you and they just make so much sense and then you just are so inspired and just kind of everything becomes clearer for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like that's what happened with you um, in your passion. So, so I know you shared about um, that conference and how you came back and then you, you got um, realized that this is something you wanted to do. How did you decide that you wanted to go um, down this path um, to setting up your podcast, but not only that, but getting into um, counseling psychology, what was it about that, that program or that path that really uh, invigorated you to um, apply and get started on that journey? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So start off with the podcasting. Podcasting was really funny. I, um, yeah, I was in my hotel room and I was thinking about it. I'm like, what would I want to do? That'd be really cool. <laughs> At the time I'm like, Oh, I should do a podcast. No one does podcasts. <laughs> I was like, there's probably no local podcast. I'll just do that. And I'm, I actually, before this, like social media and just like being on the internet stuff, it wasn't something that I would regularly do. So I actually didn't do much research into it I didn't think about it beforehand and I think it worked in my favor I think if I would have done like too much re- I think there's yeah sometimes when you do too much research and you look into it too much you almost kind of you do the opposite for yourself and then you're just like never mind I'm not going to do it so yeah I didn't do much research into it and um, why I decided to do a podcast was I thought maybe because it's not mine is not visual it's just audio it wouldn't be such an intimidating process for people to want to be on it and also for myself, I think I'm, um, I still am, and even more so at that time, wasn't so comfortable with speaking up. So I thought maybe doing the audio route might be a good transition. So that's why I decided to do the podcast of all things. And usually when I think of an idea, I'll usually, like I said, I'll think about it so hard that I won't do it. And then this was the first time where I thought about it. And I was like, okay, this is a good idea. And I'm going to continue with it. So I kind of like, it was just kind of one of those intuitive things. Like it just popped into my head and I was like, okay, this was good and I'll, I'll do it. And then, so for the counseling side of things, so I work in social services and I have a degree in sociology and I did my minor in family studies. So this kind of process of supporting people and helping people in this sense, that's always been something that I've been passionate about and I've enjoyed doing. And so it wasn't until last summer yeah like last year I had so many realizations but it wasn't until last summer I was working in this position and it was it was an upgrade to what I was usually doing and I thought it was like a higher pay it was a higher job status and it was in a great place and everything like that so I really thought that because this happened that there would be more like joy and fulfillment in my life and so I'm going through it and it's months are going by and I'm not happy I'm I'm exhausted, I'm irritated, I find no sense of purpose in this job. And I was really like taking a step back and I was reflecting, I'm like, I thought this was something I would enjoy. Like I worked so hard for this to kind of get here and why am I still unhappy? And then after some reflecting, I kind of realized that because of my lack of confidence, because I go through life with so much fear, I tend to stick to jobs that are in my comfort zone, but that I can have the opportunity to do more if I wanted, but I never put myself in those open, scary situations and then had to try to work up to it. So I think, yeah, I think because of that, it really didn't, it wasn't serving me anymore. And 
So when I also graduated from my bachelor's degree, I was one of those people, like once I graduated, like gave that place the finger, like you're never going to see me here again. Like I don't want to do schooling anymore. Like it's so hard. And I used to have this really strong conviction, like you don't need to upgrade your education to, you know, do stuff like school doesn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. But once again, it was my fear talking. It wasn't, it wasn't me like saying that, like, of course, like I'm in school, there was always a sense of interest in it, but I think I wanted to always talk it down because I was so scared of putting myself out there and wondering, okay, if I put myself out there, what's going to happen? Like, what if I get rejected? That's just going to confirm that I'm not smart. Like I always thought I was. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so yeah, this work realization happened. So it was a little bit of frustration and it was a little bit of being inspired. So I felt more inspired and more confident because I did put myself out there to do this podcast that I knew nothing about, had no technology experience, no speaking experience, didn't really like socializing with people. And then that turned out so well and putting myself out there worked really great. So then I had this other fuel in me of like, I don't want to be stuck in this position anymore. So I kind of put those two together and it was just kind of like, again, it like intuitively just clicked. I'm like, okay, I think I want to go back to school. And so the funny thing about this is, I haven't been in school for a few years. It's been three years since I graduated from my bachelor's degree. And after I graduated from my bachelor's degree, I didn't think about my master's because I was so convinced that I didn't have good enough grades to get in or that, you know, I will, like I wouldn't be convincing enough for someone to accept me. So it's funny how timing works because as soon as I applied for my schooling, I looked at my old transcript and my GPA was fine. Like I just convinced myself that I couldn't yeah. do it. So yeah, so that's kind of how all of that happened and I decided to do it and, and I have no regrets. Like I'm really happy with everything that I've been doing right now. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know that you just um, touched on such an important point that we just don't believe in ourselves. We don't have enough faith in ourselves and we create this story of how it's hard or we're just not smart enough or we don't have the GPA that we need to get in. So it's not even an option. And we just limit and put up those barriers and those blocks right away. Um, But once we have that opportunity to actually reflect and realize, no, like I can do this, these, you know, it is challenging, but I'm going to set forth and I'm actually going to try to do this. Um, And then when we reflect back, we realize that actually it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but it was just how I felt about it. It was just the story that I told myself about it. And I think I can resonate with you too, because in my undergrad, you know, I wanted to go to med school. And so I was doing pre-med and health sciences, public health. And I, you know, was at a, got to a point where I was like, you know, I just don't know if I can commit another four years to med school. And then on top of that, another five years for residency and then, you know, multiple certifications and specialties and whatnot after that, you know, and I was like, you know, I'll study public health and, you know, kind of all, I can get a job with my bachelor's and that's good enough for me. <laughs> but, um, but I always knew that I wanted to have a master's degree. So when I, you know, finished my bachelor's degree, I went to my master's right away. Um, and then I completed it and it, you know, it was fine, but I recently went also went back and I looked and I was like, you know, what it like someone I know was trying to get into med school and I was giving them some advice on applications and studying and, you know, the life um, that I had previously trying to get into mm-hmm. med school. And then I looked back and I realized that 
you know, I never really applied because I kind of said no to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also in that moment, I realized that all those stuff that I said that I couldn't do or I didn't believe in myself, when you do reflect and you look, you realize like, no, actually, you know, it's almost like, you know, when you have selective hearing, it's like almost sometimes (laughs) you have selective sight, you know, you see a certain grade or you see a certain transcript. But when I looked back, I was like, you know what, actually, I could have gotten into med school with these grades. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that that's something that I didn't want to do at that time. And when I dug deeper, um, I realized that it was actually something, another reason why I didn't want to go to med school that had nothing to do with my grades. It was just the grades were kind of the excuse or the story I had set up for myself, um, which was surface level. But when I got deeper into it, I realized it was just more because, you know, my values aligned separate, different from med school and more into the world of public health. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where my passion lied. So it was almost like I was trying to justify why I wanted to do public health and not go to med school. And so I made up all these reasons. Yeah. Um, but then you start to believe that after a while, mm-hmm. right? And taking that time to actually dissect it and reflect and realize that, no, this is actually not the story that I want to tell myself. I want to tell myself a more positive story. Yeah. Um, you start to, you know, believe and you start achieving those dreams. So, you know, kudos for you for going back <laughs> and looking at that and realizing that, no, you can do it. And you do want to go back. Uh, to school because I also, you know, the last, my very last exam of my bachelor's degree, I also left like the school with a big smile on my face and a big, like, like never coming back here ever again, you know? Um, But I think that that's, you know, it's just a part of the journey, I guess, because you do, you do, it's a grind to be in a bachelor's program for four to five years, even more sometimes. Um, it's a grind. So if you don't leave feeling like that, sometimes I wonder if you worked as hard as you could have worked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I also feel like there was a bit of a, there's a bit of a learning. I don't know if it's because I'm in a counseling program or if this is just like my master's versus my bachelor's, but I feel like I went to a big school and I had like 300 kids in each class. And so I feel like this is a bigger systematic issue. I'm not going to blame a person, but I do feel like oftentimes it was that the way that I learned didn't work with the professor or the way that I wanted to intellectually explain myself. It wasn't on par with the values of the person that was marking it. Like often in those times, it just, it, there just became this issue of like the feedback that I got. I, it didn't, I wasn't able to process it properly. Like it always became the shame thing. Like if I got a bad mark, it's like, I wasn't a straight A student and by no means did I have a 4.0 GPA. Like I struggled a lot with my bachelor's degree and it was the feedback that I would get that would just kind of like add on layer and layer and layer. And it would almost make me believe like, I'm not like a scholarly person. Like I'm not a smart person. And it's so funny. I I'm like really enjoying my program right now. And I'm getting good grades and in the beginning it was really hard and I just kept I carried on this anxiety that I had from like when I was younger and I was in school and then there was this really hard paper that I did and I got a like I got 90% on it and I in my head in that moment you know the thing that I said was I guess I'm not as dumb as I thought I was yeah. like and then I I kind of like like was held back for a second I was like what did I just say to myself And then it just kind of opened this door for me. And I started to think about every time that 
I kind of allowed someone else to dictate my intelligence Mm-hmm. And just like all those negative feedback from like profs, for example, or like a bad test grade, like when you're younger and you don't kind of have that foundation for yourself and that self-worth, like you allow, you allow those negative comments to come in. And because you're, it's supposed to be someone of authority and someone who's teaching you these things, you assume that what they're saying is true. But I don't know, now that I'm older, I kind of realize that everyone has their own value system. Everyone has their own interpretation and it shouldn't matter. Like even in a school setting, like you should take in what they say but it doesn't always like you shouldn't always hold it to like a hundred percent like you should also think for yourself too like who am I as a person and you know you shouldn't let them dictate that if you're capable enough of doing something like you should believe that you can do that and I think in my life that's something that I kind of lacked a lot like I relied on other people to kind of create the self-worth for myself when I wasn't able to create a foundation for myself. So Mm -hmm. I think now as I'm older and there is negative feedback or someone does say something, I don't internalize it as much as I used to. I kind of like, okay, I respect what you're saying, but this is also how I feel about myself. And, and I know that it's different. Yeah. And I really, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that is something that, you know, a lot of people, you know, we talk, I talk a lot about like um, the vanity metrics of like, just, you know, not even just on social media, but just in everyday life. Right. So when you're leaving high school, it's almost like, what is the biggest school you can get into? And, you know, in, in Vancouver, where both of us are from, you know, the biggest schools are the university of British Columbia and Simon Fraser university. Right. And then there's also the university of Victoria on the Island, but it's, it's kind of like, those are the three big schools that people want to go to. And it kind of like, when you get into those, it's almost like a notch in your belt. Like, yeah, I got into SFU or I got into UBC or UVic. And it's like, there's so many other schools that are so good, but there's smaller schools with smaller uh, classrooms. And people view those as almost like stepping stone kind of schools. But, you know, I think that's so important what you say, because yes, when we're, you need to understand that your learning abilities, like how do you learn best and how do you learn deeply? You know, what is the environment you want to surround yourself with? And I think that, you know, as young people, you know, we don't often ask ourselves, you know, what do I need, you know, for myself? Like what makes me thrive? What's the environment that I need to thrive in? You know, because if we look at plants, for example, um, every single plant big or small thrives in a different environment. They need different things, but they're mm-hmm. all the same. They're all just plants. They're all beautiful. They're all, their one goal is to grow and to flourish. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that as young people, we don't ask ourselves, you know, what do I need? You know, what do I need to grow? What do I need to flourish? That's the last thing if you have time. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like, I feel like you kind of, it's backwards. If like you ask yourself afterwards, right. Um, and yeah, and, and I was, you know, I went to SFU and I had those like 300, 400, sometimes even 500 person classes where you just felt like another person, like you didn't feel connected. You didn't feel engaged. You didn't feel like you were able to have that relationship with your professor or even that relationship to understand the material or have that support to help you because realistically one person cannot support 500 students. Yeah, definitely. We're all trying to learn something. So, you know, and then when I got into, you know, 
as you, you know, as you get to university, um, into third and fourth year, as you know, you get into smaller classes, right? Smaller groups of people. Um, and in your master's, it, it's small as, it, you know, they don't have huge, big, large programs. It, it is smaller and it's more intense. It's more intimate, but you feel that you're thriving more. You know, the content mm-hmm. is harder than your bachelor's degree perhaps, but you're doing better because you're more engaged, you yeah. know, engaged with the professors, the students, the projects, the work, all of it, right? And I think that that, you know, it's really key. So for any young people listening, I think that, you know, you have to ask yourself, what are you looking for in school first um, before you start applying based on vanity metrics or based on kind of what your friends are doing or what other people think you should be doing because, you know, what's important for you is, is very personal to you and not um, something that anybody else can really tell you to do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I feel like the way that society has constructed how a person is supposed to grow and develop, like I, I start to see more research and more articles and more evidence that kind of is challenging what the norm is, which I think is awesome. But I do feel like there's still a long way to go. And in the steps, like I, I reflect on my life, for example, um, 18, hello, I was like, <laughs> it's so, so dumb. And just so, you know, just like, just trying to absorb everything and just like challenging things and exploring and stuff. And, you know, school is a lot of money and, you know, to have to decide a program that you have to do because you have to like assume what kind, not that you have to know what career you want to do, but kind of what area you want to go into. Uh I do feel like that's a lot of pressure and, you know, looking now, tuition is not what it costed when our parents went to school. Like it's expensive and to kind of have to, go through that and do the hard work and pay thousands and thousands of dollars each year. And a lot, and then a lot of people are thinking, Oh, I've already spent this much money on this program. I'm just going to ride it out because I spent that much money. And then you go through this whole unfulfilling process and then until you can't handle it anymore. And then you're able to reroute or some people, they get so overwhelmed, they just stop in total or, you know, there's just like so many, there's so many things in how we're supposed to kind of navigate life that, gives you the opportunity to restrict you and overwhelm you and I wish my wish and my hope is that there's kind of more of an openness to kind of explore and be free like I mean I don't know I'm not a mom I don't know what I'll be like when I'm a mom maybe I'll be a monster I don't know but when when I have kids like I don't I don't want to put those expectations on them like if you if you're in grade 12 and you legitimately don't know what you want to do in like in post-secondary I'm not gonna you know, just bully you and harass you into making a choice because you need to, because you need to be in school. Like that's going to have longer lasting, harsher effects on the person. Like I'd rather them just be able to explore and feel good about what they want to do and understand themselves and then go forward. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, my mom, she, um, she has a master's in child psychology. Mm and she, you know, growing up kind of let us make our own decisions, you know, and her motto was always that, you know, you can do what you'd like, but if there's consequences, you have to pay for it and I can't help you with it. And so my sister and I, we kind of led with that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and we almost like created our own boundaries and our own barriers and our own mm-hmm. um, what's okay and what's not okay. And it wasn't created for us. Um, because we had a pretty open childhood, you know, like we didn't have curfews. We didn't, we were allowed to kind of do whatever we wanted, but we always had this fear of, 
if there's a consequence, no one will help us, you know? So we were able to keep ourselves in check that way. But when it came to university, I remember my, my parents, they, they just didn't put that pressure on me to say what I should and shouldn't do. Like, I mean, my dad was the one that was like, you know, I really want you to be a doctor. You know, since I was a kid, he's had this dream. And I said, okay, dad, yeah, I like that. You know, that's something that I would like to pursue. But for now, I don't know. I'll let you know. And then um, I remember my last year of high school, I just wanted to kind of leave the area. You know, I felt a little rebellious. So the only school I applied to was UBC in the Okanagan, which is about five hours from Vancouver for those that don't know the area very well. Um, And then I got accepted and then I told my parents I'm going to Kelowna or Kamloops. And they just, you know, that's, I guess, where the line was drawn. And they were like, no, <laughs> like, we were not. Why did they let you pick? <laughs> yeah, they, you know, drew the line. And they were like, no, you can't go. And then I said, okay, then if I can't go, I'm not going to school. And they were like, sure, you know. And I realized that I took that year to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, ask those questions, you know, where my pur- my passion or where my purpose in life is. And, you know, I started to get interested in the world of business. Um, but I always had medical school kind of in my background, my in my head, because, you know, it is something that just kind of came naturally to me. And I just loved it. Right? I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And then I spent a couple of years where I just went to a local um, college and I just dabbled in tons of different courses uh, yeah. just to kind of see, you know, what do I like? What not, what do I not like? Because like you said, I was, you know, not wanting to invest so much money because, you know, I had to pay for school myself and it was like, I didn't want to pay for an entire program that, you know, I don't know if I was going to pursue because, I mean, I don't know if you resonate with this, but when you pick a program, you don't really know what's going, what it's going to be like. Oh, I didn't know anything. I just went with it because I thought I had. Yeah, right. So you just, you just kind of applied a problem because it, the name sounds interesting or the the bio sounds interesting, but once you get in, you know, a a lot of the times it's, it's something totally different than when you expected good or bad. Um, so I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to spend all that money. So I did spend this time, you know, kind of exploring, you know, and mm-hmm. my, I remember one semester, my list of courses were kind of all over the place. There was like a biology course. There was a business law course. There was a philosophy course. And then I did like a, I can't remember, like a digital marketing or, or like no digital communication course. So there was, you know, four different, totally different areas just to kind of see what I liked best, you know, and I think that that's important to just do some exploration. Um, But even if you do a program and you realize it's not the one for you and you just want to move, like pivot and move to something else, I think it's important to not let your fear of feeling like you're, you're going to be incompleting this program, stop you from pursuing your purpose or your passion in life. I totally agree. And I feel like fear is such a debilitating feeling and often like I really took some time this year to reflect and I'm like a lot of the things that I do the decisions that I make is based out of fear not out of joy and for example like you said like I feel like a lot of times people when they're decision making they would take that opportunity and they'd be like okay well I'm already like a few years into this and if I don't then complete it then it's going to be a waste like that's that is fear-based thinking like I'm going to waste all this time and all this money and all this stuff and yeah like a lot of times everything's been um 
decided out of fear and like a good example i'm sure a lot of people would resonate with is um like picking jobs i i've gone through a few different jobs in the past few years and the last job that i had picked i was it was between this job and another job and i was looking at it from a fear-based place which job is going to give me the the pay that i need which job am i least likely to get laid off of if something happens which job is like all those kind of things and i know a lot of people do that and like that's kind of how we've been conditioned to kind of process things but then i was just going through a hole and then after a while someone did say to me too like well which one's gonna make you happier and then i was just like what do you mean happiness (laughs) like what do you mean what is this bring me more joy like what does this mean so yeah and I kind of like realized I've been trying to practice this like whenever making decisions like don't do things don't pick the answer that's gonna like invoke less problems like pick the one that's gonna be more exciting in the long term and kind of work along with it and yeah that's just kind of been my thing and I've, I've realized it's been it's been a lot easier to kind of make decisions that way. I feel like when you're kind of going from a place of fear, like you're stressing yourself out even more, just trying to think of all the worst case scenarios, like whether you think about it or not, it's going to happen regardless. Like if it's meant to, it will. And it's just easier if you can kind of go into it with good intentions and like good spirit. Like I feel like you can handle those stressful situations easier, but I know that often like even for myself, I feel like if I can kind of, like plan out the problem beforehand it'll be easier but I don't think that's the case I don't think that actually happens that way I think it just kind of adds more stress onto you yeah yeah I I completely agree that um you know being able to take risks um that take you out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. uh it's very very important and you know I saw this graphic last week um and I'm trying to think where it's from and if uh if I remember I'll I'll post it on my Instagram uh, for you and my blog for you to see. But um, there was a bubble that said, you know, this is your comfort zone, right? And then there was this larger bubble over here and it said, this is where the magic happens. Yeah, And it, it's like you jump out of your comfort zone and you go to the place where the magic is going to happen, you know? And an example that I could share is that, um, you know, when I was at my master's degree, I was looking for a job and, you know, there were jobs in public health are, you know, few and far between. They're difficult to find and people that um, do work in public health, they tend to stay in those positions for a long time. So there's not a whole lot of turnover. So at the time I was looking, you know, okay, if, if I don't want to work, if I can't find a job in, this, in, in public health, I want to work in the health system. So there was this job um, that was a management level job. It was in risk management, which, you know, I didn't do risk management. I knew nothing about it, (laughs) like nothing. And I was, you know, um, like, I didn't even know what it meant. Like it was that, like my knowledge of risk management was that low that like, I didn't even know what is, what risk management was. But I just decided, you know what, what the heck, I'll apply, like I probably won't get it, but let's just see what happens. But then it ended up being that I did get the job. And I went into the role and it was, you know, working with high level executives all across the health system. And I had no idea. So I, you know, spent my first month reading every book, researching everything I could to figure out, you know, what it, what it was and what I needed to do. Um, but in the end, once I moved on from that role, I realized that that, you know, and I moved on to that role into public health again, 
But in that, you know, year and a half to two years I was in that role, I realized that I learned so much more. I grew so much more as a person, as a professional. I my knowledge level increased significantly. Um, and I created this program, you know, that that job, you know, is still one of my most favorite jobs that I've ever had. And I still, you know, check in about it to see how it's going, you know, even though I'm not a part of the team, because I just, I'm I'm always interested to know, you know, what happened, what's going on, what's, you know, kind of keep up to date on it. And I think that those, you know, if I never had that opportunity, I would have never brought in my skill set to that level. Um, And yeah, and I thought it was, it was awesome. You know, I made some great connections, some great friends out of that. And it just kind of teaches you that even if you feel underqualified for a position or you feel that you don't have the knowledge, if you just apply for it, you will get the knowledge. And I always say that it was like, no matter what program, school, job, whatever, sport, whatever it is, you will learn. If you have the determination for it, you will learn how to do that job, how to study that program, that knowledge, the sport, whatever it is, a language, you know, you will learn it. It's just you have to be willing to take that risk and be in that place where you're vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Because like you said, we don't, we often want to just do what we know we can do and that we could grow if we choose to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I do feel like even like your example, if you had really just focused on the negative and like the fear part about not taking that job, like who knows where you, like, I'm sure you would have still gone a different route, but you would have been in a place of being like stuck. Like you would have been in your comfort zone, but you you chose to look past that. And like you said, that's where the magic happens. And yeah, I feel like fear kind of keeps us in the short term bubble and just safety. But that's like the hardest part I find is that because you don't like, we're so, stuck in this like not knowing the what's in the unknown that fear of that unknown it just keeps us in these safe places and yeah I still struggle with it too I do not think anyone's perfect with this like it happens often but those times when you can choose to be like oh what would happen like what good could happen if I choose instead of what could go wrong like it's I think it's such a beautiful space to be in and yeah you you're you I don't think anything bad could happen out of it like if you want to interpret it as something bad then sure but if you want to, like you said, you got so much learning experience out of that, then there's no loss in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, yeah, it's important that you just take a moment to realizing, to realize what are your fears, you know, what limiting stories or beliefs do you tell mm-hmm. yourself and how do you stop yourself from reaching out of your comfort zone and into your dreams and making that come to fruition? Um, and I know you changed, you shared a lot about how, identifying your fears has changed your life from, you know, allowing you to write the blog post after that conference, you know, share and speak in front of um, the conference as well as um, starting your podcast and then getting, you know, applying for your program that you're in right now. But what piece of advice would you, what are your, you know, one or two pieces of advice that you would give to somebody like you that is just coming out of um, either high school or their bachelor's degree, but kind of, you know, having those same beliefs and just wanting to overcome that. What would you say to them? You know, I, yeah, like for me, when I get into this space of fear, it's like very like mentally debilitating and it's almost a space where you kind of give up and give in. My, what I've learned in this past year is that 
when you are feeling these feelings of just like being scared and like these negative spaces, like if you can hear yourself like saying why things can go wrong, like that's kind of a point where you need to reflect and kind of challenge yourself. It's really a point of kind of rewiring a bit and it does take a lot of time. It is frustrating, but it's worth it at the end. Like if you're going to go to school, if you're like scared about a school that you want to go to or a program that you want to take, but you're already thinking about what could go wrong, cost, um, not getting in or not being smart enough, really just look at the opposite and just, you know, make that chart, make that Venn diagram, whatever, journal entries, and just see, okay, I'm not like, what if that doesn't work out for me? But at the same time, why am I so curious about it? Like, you kind of have to look at the two sides. And I would say, yeah, don't give up and just keep trying. And, you know, I think you said this earlier, like, you won't know unless you try. And it's like, the scariest part is the trying part. And really just find this sense of like self and create this foundation for yourself where that if you try it and it doesn't work out, that's okay. And I also, another thing that popped into my head too is don't feel pressured and don't feel rushed. Like you should, you should want to reflect and you should want to be able to make those positive changes. But if you're not in a space to do it right now, like if it is so mentally debilitating to you right now and so scary that you are kind of harming yourself and your well-being, it's okay. Take a break and take that space that you need. I think the other thing to it too is that when we are feeling pressured and we are feeling scared, we're also feeling ashamed. Like, why am I, why am I such a like mess? Why do I like ruin this for myself and all that kind of stuff? It's okay to take a break. Like if you need, a, like maybe you missed the deadline and go for the next intake like what's the worst thing that could happen the important thing is that you're still trying i think the worst thing you can do is give up and just disregard everything but if you can show yourself that you're you have this will to um kind of improve and this will to want to do things i think that's kind of the first step and you just like build from there yeah for sure yeah (laughs) that's a really good point um that you made because sometimes yeah you just need to take that time for self-care you know, whether it's just journaling, you know, having a tea, watching your favorite show, you know, kind of whatever it is that you want to do, but you just need to take that time to actually do it because, you know, having that time to slow down and just relax and reflect, sometimes that's when the biggest messages come across for you. Um, And not putting so much pressure on yourself, you know, to journal. And I think that, you know, it's important to just celebrate the little things, like even, the thinking, you know, whether you're thinking about your dreams, your purpose yeah. in life or what you want to do next, that you should celebrate that because some people don't even go there. Like you yeah. said, right. It's kind of the last thing you do if you have that time. So I think that's a really great advice. Um, can you actually, I wanted to see if you could actually share a little bit about how do you maintain a positive mindset? Um, how do you self-reflect and do some self-care and make sure that you've because you've had those limiting beliefs previously, how do you kind of give yourself that grace or that period of time where you just reflect and you, you know, reaffirm yourself that you are on the, on the right path for yourself at this time? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it has been, uh, self-awareness has been the key for me. 
And the having that sense of self-awareness has given me the ability to kind of reach out and uh, take in the resources that I need for my self-care. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a counseling program, so that doesn't mean that I am fully aware and I understand everything. Like, I, I have a counselor myself that I regularly see, and that's been super helpful for me because it's just a space and a time where I can kind of talk about things. And I just feel like in my day to day, when you're like really busy and you're distracted, you don't take that time to kind of process and take in what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And it's really nice to have someone who can, I'm just kind of boosting my own profession here, but <laughs> and you can have someone who can listen to you and just like, like have no opinion, like having someone just listen, like it's such a simple concept, but it's so hard to um, get that all the time. So having that space to yeah. do that, that's a B, I've also realized that if I don't start my day properly, that's kind of where everything kind of goes downhill. Like if I've ever thought about a day where I've been super stressed or super upset or really like triggered by something, I really think about how I started my day. And like you said before, we don't prioritize ourselves in the morning morning I wake up and I do something for myself I don't start my work day right away I don't like scroll on social media I don't reply to messages right away I honor myself first and then I go on with my day and I know a lot of people can resonate with this oh but like I don't have time I have to get to work I have to do this I have to do that because we're conditioned to believe that we need to attend to other things before we can attend to ourselves. And I, and for anyone that's listening and they're kind of like, yeah, whatever, like I don't have time for this. It doesn't work. I hundred percent guarantee if you can at least take 20 minutes to yourself in the morning and just kind of like, it's like a reset for, for yourself, your rest of your day will be dramatically different. Like it's super mm-hmm. helpful. And what else do I do? Um, yeah, just like, Um, knowing when it's too much for me and kind of um, being vocal in those moments like okay like a great example this weekend like we were supposed to do this this weekend and I just like my schoolwork just got so overwhelming so I felt comfortable enough to reach out to you Mm -hmm. and to be able to say hey like by the way I I need help like can we can we reschedule this I think um, a lot of times when we are stressed and you know just in a weak spot we don't we were too nervous to reach out because we're too scared of disappointing people or hurting other people and all that kind of stuff. But the world can be a kind place if you want it to be. <laughs> so yeah. it's just important to reach out and ask for help too. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, you, yeah, that's so important. And I think you're so right because we are so scared of dropping balls or feeling like, you know, I can't, we just have too many expectations for ourselves. And we think that like in a day we need to pack in so much and that we need to handle it all and we could do it all. But you know, what you lose in that is you, you lose yourself. You lose your own like ability to take care of yourself. You know, like if you're taking care of your family, you're taking care of your schoolwork, you're taking care of your job requirements and responsibilities, you're taking care of your, you know, all this other stuff we tend to not make space for ourselves, our bodies, um, and our mental health. And um, I was just reading actually um, something about budgeting and money management. And it said that saving isn't the last thing you need to do after with whatever's left over for the month. That's, that's not how you should function. You should function that you pick an amount and you say, this is what I'm going to save and whatever's left over is what I'm spending. 
Mm-hmm. That way you always take care of your savings first because that's important. It reminds me a lot of what you just said because you need to take care of yourself first. You need to make time to take care of yourself first um, before before you can start giving time away to other things that are not taking care that they're fulfilling and you know they are driving forward in their requirements that if you have a job or you're going to school. But if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't show up 100% for those things, right? You can't show up being the best. And, um, you know, I think what you said about social media is so important because, you know, how many times do you get up in the morning and like you grab your phone first thing and you start scrolling for like half an hour and last thing you do at night and you keep it everything in your room beside you. Um, it's, it's draining, you know, and after I got married, I talked about this in one of uh, another episode, but after I got married, my husband is a huge proponent of not leaving your phone inside your room. So he, he made me leave my phone outside. And at first I was so worried about it because I was like, um, and even to the point where he's like, you know, turn off your notifications overnight. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) If I get an emergency phone call, I need to be there. And he's like, just turn it off, you know? And so now I put my phone on silent almost the whole day. Um, because I don't want to hear the ding, ding, ding. And it, that in itself creates a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go to my phone when I want to, I make that time to go to my phone. Um, and yeah, so, you know, taking the time to not scroll on social media is really important because you need to, like you said, take care of yourself first and honor yourself first and you'll feel more fresh, more fresh, less drained, yeah. less, anxious because you don't like there's so much going on and sometimes you read your emails or you scroll on social media and you realize like there's so much going on and like I need to do this too um you know and allowing giving yourself that space um you know the biggest thing I guess for me is that because I am trying to limit my social media and I and I don't know if you do this too Vanita but um you know having a podcast and having a so online presence you know, means that you have to be on a little bit more, you know, that you would normally. And I was kind of feeling like those boundaries I set for myself were being, you know, violated in a way because, you know, I wasn't honoring that. I wasn't adhering to it. I was like on my phone way more in the last couple of weeks. And then I was watching an episode um, by someone who's an influ- influencer or not an influencer, but she creates courses. So she, um, she has a huge online presence. But she said that she only spends 45 minutes a day on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I was like, okay, so if she has over 100,000 followers and only spends 45 minutes, I can only, I can also spend only 45 minutes on Instagram. And so I set a timer on my Instagram, actually, mm-hmm. that if I've been on for 40 minutes, it lets me know. And then as soon as I see the timer, then I just don't go on my phone anymore for the rest of the day. Um, unless I get urgent messages, then I don't go back onto Instagram um, because because I need time for myself. I need time to do other things, right? Yeah. So I think that that's so true what you said. Um, you know, I really appreciate everything that you've shared today. I think that this is, you know, it's so inspiring for young people to hear, you know, that are going through this because I feel like it's not a unique um issue you know we've all gone through this you know you get out of high school and then you are told to go to university before you even know who you are as a person Mm -hmm. right and then you leave university you get a job and you kind of do I call it the box checker so you do all the things to check the box Mm -hmm. 
but then you have to come back to this point where you have to reflect on yourself as a person you know what is your purpose in life what is your passion where how can you find fulfillment um and joy and happiness Mm -hmm. um and it's important you know to come back and reflect on yourself you know so i i you know really commend you for being able to do that you know at your age and you know realizing that this is the place that you want to be and understanding that you limit yourself and you know taking the moment to just kind of put that in check and realize that you actually have so much potential um and that you could achieve any dream that you have i think that's amazing yeah, thank you. Yeah, and like just even for perspective, um, a year ago this time, I was in a completely different space and I was just so stressed and so unfulfilled. And then I started to make small changes and people would ask me, especially with this podcast, what's your long-term goal? And at the time I had no idea. And I kept telling myself, I'm like, I don't know right now, but I'm just making small steps and I'm hoping that with each small step that I make, more doors will open. And to think about how my life was last year and how it is now, just kind of letting go a bit and just making some choices and making some positive movement and all that, like everything fell into place fine. Like I just, I let go of that fear and I'm just like, let it be. And you know, everything, everything worked out fine. So whoever's listening, I hope that they, if this can be a good example to just kind of let go a little bit and have some faith in yourself, like you'll, you'll be happy you did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to return the favor on your podcast. So um, Vanita's podcast is called the Young Culture Podcast. So her handle is at Young Culture Podcast. Is that, that's right. Yeah. Um, so check it out. Um, I know she has some really, really great content. I've looked at it and really interesting <laughs> episodes. So check it out and uh, I'll, I'll link all of her social media accounts as well as how you can connect with her if you have more questions for her um, on the show notes as well as on the blog. Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Vanita. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Thanks. I had a great time. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed the story that Vanita shared with you. And I hope that it has inspired you to take some action and make small daily commitments to change your life. And remember, you have the ability to catalyze your life from ordinary to extraordinary. And it all lies within you and your mindset. We would love if you could support us by liking, subscribing, and sharing our podcast with your family and your friends and your community and helping us grow and bring more stories to you that will inspire you and those around you to take action, to get set on their own journey to their purpose in life. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.